0: You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. We have such a heartwarming show for you this week. I had a chance to sit down with personal trainer, healthy aging coach, and one of the original menopause feisties, Tanya Dalton. If you go to our feisty menopause Instagram, she's one of our earliest posts, and you'll see her sitting there over her ThinkPad, looking studious, taking the menopause for athletes course. And, you know, since then, I've been following her Instagram and her posts, and she is 100% One of the most menopositive women i have ever seen she has fully embraced this transition and not just on social media but in actual life she's trying things she's never done before including her first full ironman triathlon at age 52 and having done a full ironman triathlon too actually i can tell you wow that is I applaud her for taking that on at this point, point. and it's kind of the point of the show. In one of her latest blog posts titled, Loving My Postmenopausal Body, Tanya writes, It's only taken me 50 years or so to truly love the body I'm in. And she goes on to talk about spending much of her life battling with body image issues, disordered eating and all of the other psychological barriers that kept her on the sidelines instead of engaging in sports and activities she was otherwise pretty eager to try. I wanted to hear more from Tanya and really appreciated her sharing so much of herself in this conversation, and I'm sure it will speak to many of you as well. You can check out her blog at tanyadalton.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. My little weekly reminder to check us out on those social media channels. You can find us at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have a private and growing fast Hit Play Not Pause Facebook channel where you can come in and join the discussion on all things menopausal transition. And if you want a deep dive into all things active menopausal living, we've got a Feisty Menopause Membership where we offer in-depth materials, expert webinars, and offer sponsor discounts as well. Check that out. As always, show your love for the show, you've been doing it, it warms my heart, thank you, by following us on your podcast platforms, sharing the shows on your social media channels, and hitting those hearts, or five stars, or however your platform lets you rate and review the show. It is making a huge difference, we continue to grow, and it helps me bring the best guests your way every week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, that's enough of me. Let's hear from a few of my awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Hit Play Not Pause is proud to be sponsored by Noon Hydration in 2021. I have been a huge fan of Noon for well over a decade. They have products for immunity, recovery, getting a good night's rest, and I absolutely swear by their podium series, which include branched chain amino acids that are super important for women during and after menopause. So show your support and head over to noonlife.com. That's noon, N-U-U-N, life, one word. And use the code menopause again, one word, with a capital F and a capital M, For 30%, yes, 30% off of all of Noon's amazing products. Again, NoonLife.com. Use the code FEISTYMENOPAUSE with a capital F and a capital M and get 30% off of anything you want. Check it out. Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out of whack lipids, and was borderline anemic. Yeah, all while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great. Turns out all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll. How did I find out? Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a service that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized, science based, Trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. And their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself, and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners twenty five percent off their entire store. So go to insidetracker.com/feistymenopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's insidetracker.com/feistymenopause. I can tell you, it works. So I'm super stoked that you uh, agreed to be on the show because <laughs> I you're you're literally like one of the first faces I saw when we started feisty menopause. Like they found really? your picture, yeah, oh, and you're like oh. one of the very first posts. Oh, that's funny. You got glasses
1: on, maybe
0: you're looking all studious. I think you. Oh, were...
1: was that when I started reading raw? Maybe.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you were definitely doing something studious. I could yeah, it like could tell, but it was a it was a cool shot, and I and I was like, huh who that woman is. And then you started popping up <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I, you know, so thank you for coming on. Obviously we have not met each other before. I didn't know you before pre-menopause. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's start with a bit, little background. You're 52. I am as well. And I read that you're a healthy aging coach and personal trainer. So I don't really know what a healthy aging coach does. What, what, what is that?
1: Well, I just kind of really consider, like, I've been a personal trainer um, for 27 years or so now and I've always had a much more holistic view about um, health. So it's not just about the exercise, I suppose. And because um, I think, you know, my dad died when he was 47.
0: So and, young, heart disease? Yeah,
1: heart attack. Yeah, just a sudden a heart attack out at a farm. So he basically just went out and just no, no symptoms, no uh, warning and just died. So it was just a devastating thing that happened to my family obviously my brother was only 8 at the time
0: How old were and
1: you? i was 24 so i actually my mother was just completely in shock it was terrible and um i ended up having to organize his funeral so at 24 never been to a funeral before and organizing my own father's funeral
0: and this oh, thing i happened. just got like goosebumps that's really rough yeah wow. it
1: was terrible and Sorry. i we were kind of i always thought That we were kind of like this normal family, and that things like that didn't happen to us. So it was just a devastating thing. And it still is, it still impacts our life even today. It's, you know, you still have ramifications even 28 years later. And yeah, it's terrible. So that kind of uh, prompted me to train as a, a fitness trainer. So I qualified like the year after my dad died. And then I suppose ever since then, I've just been studying and researching and testing out ideas myself. And for a start, I suppose I was harassing older men like kind of my dad's age, (laughs) trying to help (laughs) them improve their health, like finding them in the gym and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Annoying them, and, and obviously, twenty-five-year-old woman. I'm sure they ever took not one bit of notice of me. <laughs> now I think that I'm actually kind of now that I'm 52 uh, and older, I think people actually I have more credibility, I suppose, in that kind of space. Totally,
0: I was that I was that person too. I was 28, and I look back, and I'm like, "What were you even like? You had no idea what you were talking about." Like very well intentioned, very well intentioned, but yeah, um, especially when I was working with menopausal women, I just cringe. I
1: yeah, I know. I know all of that. So, um, yeah, so I've been a trainer all this time. And then with with, with um, health coaching, I suppose it just allows me to delve much more into lifestyle, which is kind of, you know, I mean, exercise is fine, but realistically, it's, it's all the other things as well that really impact the most on our life, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> so much, so much, right? Yeah. Like how much, I mean, if you look proportionally speaking, the time you spend exercising versus everything else is...
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's movement as well. I'm really big into not just, you know, I'm really big into incidental exercise and I mean, how important that is in our life as well. And mm. um, yeah, just doing a strict, obviously strength training and, and whatever is important, but it's it's all the, it's the way we move throughout our day that, that helps ho- hopefully impact our health span as we grow older.
0: When you say that, are you referring to what scientists call "neat," like non-exercise activity thermogenesis? Yeah, yeah, you know, so. like I, actually getting off your butt and walking around once in yeah, a while.
1: Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. My my mum, for example, is such a great example of this. She she's never really done any formal exercise, and she but she's she's really healthy, and she's she used to live on a large block of land, and. She still mows all her lawns. She's 75 and she's just a really, like, if you put a pedometer on her, she was like, I reckon she does 25,000 steps without even trying, just wandering around, you know, her everyday life. And she used to have to chop up wood and take, you know, carry wood into into the house all the time for our wood fire, which she she didn't have proper heating and things. So she's just a naturally active and healthy person and yeah, always has been. I think...
0: I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I honestly, I've often thought that I'm very, very, very sympathetic to people who don't like to exercise purposely because I think it's artificial. I think people like you and I and many of the people listening to us right now who like competitive sort of things, I mean, those are sports, right? That's different than I need to be healthy. So I need to, I need to get off this chair and I need to exercise. If you told me that knitting or crocheting would take, you know, extend my life by seven years and make my heart healthy. I wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? And there are people who exercise like purposeful exercise. Is that for them? It's their, it's their knitting. They're like, ugh. I don't want to change and go and do this thing because like we're meant to move though. And we've taken so much activity out of our life. Like your mom, that's just natural. That's living. And our living doesn't look like that anymore. It looks way more like I'm sitting all day. I know. I think that's what we have to
1: change. We just have to kind of, I've got a neighbor, for example, who's this this amazing lady. She's a, I go swimming with her once a week. She swims all year round, no goggles, no cap, no wetsuit. (laughs) I'm out there putting my wet, putting my wetsuit on and my, and my cap. And, <laughs> and she doesn't use her car at all. She just rides her bike everywhere. Like she should be, I go, Hazel, you need to be doing this um, Man, not me. <laughs> she's like amazing. She's just like, she's just out there powering around all the time. Yeah. People like that just in, are incredible. I think, I don't know, we all need to kind of take a note from their book
0: and start living a little bit more like that. 100%. 100%. Speaking of Man and your athletic journey, so you are obviously pretty athletic, yet you on your socials have been so resistant to call yourself, to use that label. Um, can you talk a little bit about your athletic background, your your journey to accepting yourself as an athlete, what you're doing athletically now? Why? Sure.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in a tiny little country town, so I had a really active, naturally active upbringing. Bringing, I suppose. And my parents were really good, although I didn't grow up in a kind of sporting family. They allowed um, my sister and I to do any sports we wanted to. So I just did everything I could. I think I was doing a different sport every day of the week at one time. And I also had a really big interest in strength training actually from a really young age. So there were no gyms or anything like that where I grew up, but I requested a barbell and set of dumbbells for my 15th birthday. Wow. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. And, and I studied.
0: Where did you a, get like, that notion? Do you even remember?
1: I do. I do. I actually worked part time in a news agency um, from when I was 14 and it was a pretty little country town. So I was you know, there's a lot of downtime. So I used to sit and read um, mags like bodybuilding magazines and things like that, <laughs> Access, health, health magazines. This is like in the, I don't know, late seventies, like early eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know, I just, I was fascinated by it all. So yeah, I, I requested dumbbells, dumbbells and barbells for my 15th birthday and and bought some books, and yeah, I started strength training when I was 15, which was yeah, kind of ahead of my times, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've been basically, I suppose, strength training, like weight training, on and off for 40, nearly 40 years now. So, um, I'm relatively experienced in that, in that, um, in that space. And yeah, so uh, yeah, so I had an active upbringing, but then I, I also had my times where. Um, I think you've also experienced some things as well. So I had like basically disordered eating and eating disorders Mm -hmm. from when I was 15, which is kind of, I don't know, the usual age. Mm -hmm. And I assume I must have dropped off my sport a little bit then as well. And then I became kind of almost once once I got over the kind of anorexia stage I think I'd messed my metabolism up so much I basically then turned into almost an almost heading towards obesity actually so I've like experienced everything I've been underweight overweight uh, extreme extreme for probably 20 years of my life if I have to be honest so I had I had body image issues and disordered eating probably yeah for between 15 and 25 I mean and almost sorry almost 30 actually so yeah that was kind of
0: Challenging and um were you doing you were a fitness trainer at this time, correct? Were you doing yeah, any uh, of the endurance sport things? No,
1: no, no. So in my in my 20s, I did a few sprint distance triathlons, you know, the ones that you don't really have to train for if you've got a basic level of fitness. So I'd never done any endurance. I kind of like always actually since I was 15, I'd always wanted to run a marathon, but kind of thought I wasn't capable because. I don't know. I just, I, I'm a mediocre athlete. I've never ever won a race or an event, never come close. And so, I was, although I was sporty, I didn't ever consider myself an athlete because I wasn't actually that great at anything. So, I never thought I could run a marathon. But then, when I started to get closer to the da- age my dad was when he died, so when I was almost 47, I don't know, maybe. It, it kind of was the push I needed I suppose I thought if I'm ever going to do this I kind of probably should do it now because you know I could be dead in another year <laughs> Boy. <laughs> and so yes yeah, so I started training for a marathon when I was 47 and it was hilarious I was like so slow I'd like I can remember you know as you get closer to the marathon for 30k runs I'd like basically shuffle and <laughs> <laughs> Whimper my way home. I was so slow. I literally did not think I could even make the cutoffs for the, where they, you know, take you off the course and you have to run on the footpath. You can't run on the road anymore. And I got to the actual day of the marathon. I don't know. Everything came together. Obviously, must, I must have somehow trained myself correctly. And I ended up coming in an hour faster than what I had anticipated. My family weren't even actually at the stadium when, <laughs> when
0: oh, I finished. That's the worst. My, <laughs>
1: It was so funny. I had my phone with me for some reason. My husband rang me and he goes, where are you? you?" I said, 31, I mean, 41 kilometers. And he goes, 31 kilometers. And I go, no, 41 kilometers. He goes, my God, we're at the train station. We're not even there yet. So I came into the stadium without anyone seeing me finish, which is fine. But it was, I don't know, it was like one of the most emotional days of my life. I uh, I'll never forget this. I was like running and I was, I was crying. I think I was crying as I'm heading into this. It's the Melbourne Cricket Ground where the Melbourne Marathon finishes, a big stadium here. And I'm just thinking I have waited 30 years to do this because I didn't think I was capable. And here I am 47. I had a osteoarthritic toe, joint. You know, I'm I'm not I like- I have
0: one of those. It's not, it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's got, it's, I've got it's, a bone spur in that joint. Yeah.
1: It, it doesn't make things easy. And here I am, I'm doing it. And I was, I did reasonably well considering, you know, everything. And I'm thinking I've waited 30 years to do this. And finally I'm doing it. Anyway, it's a life-changing moment for me. And it really made me realize that- you don't have to be talented to actually. I'm starting to almost feel teary talking about Elizabeth. Oh <laughs> no, you're
0: gonna make me cry. Like we're both of, the, both of that. elf. will be will be weeping by the end of the show. Um,
1: um, it was do you remember
0: just, what your time? I'm curious because you told uh, I was hours just like a,
1: just over four hours. So that's like, good, that, that's yeah, really that good was, I, I thought I was going to be uh, um, over five hours. I thought I actually thought five yeah, and a half because my my, my training times. Yeah, and I I actually. Um, which I think we'll talk about, but uh, I was basically perimenopausal then. So my periods had started to get kind of, i have gone through a p- patch where my periods were quite heavy and I had my period on the, on the uh, marathon. So I had to actually stop and ch- go to the toilets and change a few times. So I, oh I think I would have got under four hours if I hadn't. <laughs> for sure, that's excellent bit
0: of time. <laughs> Did you have anyway. Did you have feminine hygiene products on you? Now, like this is yes, I did. Like I was like
1: I was I was yeah I was st- I've got I had my little belt with my drinks and my everything I had everything. <laughs> I have changes of everything.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious. I recommend, and this is such a tangent, but I I recommend the menstrual cup to everybody for that reason. Like mm. I think it's a way easier way to go. Anyone who's dealing with these things,
1: um, yeah, that's actually that would be a, yeah much
0: better idea. <laughs> yeah, because it, it just it's it's you don't have to it doesn't. It, yeah capacity is better and you don't have the yeah 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 that. so yeah. next marathon anyone <laughs> Anyone who's listening? so that um so when did you start the iron man journey then because you've just finished your third 70.3
1: yeah so after that because of my toe joint I thought oh, I pro- I'm just don't know whether I can do another marathon my toe joint it's kind of you know not so I'll great iron man <laughs> So I thought I'll do What about a half Ironman? Like I, you know, I knew I'd done those few sprints when I was in my twenties, and I thought I think I can swim. I've, I've, I mean, I I've had lessons, so I I can swim. But I'd never actually can swim competitively. I don't even know whether I'd ever swam one point nine k. Actually, um, I thought I can think I could swim, and you know, everyone can ride. I mean, it's just pedaling, which was very naive of me. <laughs> because I am the worst cyclist ever we have some things in common Celine but definitely not cycling ability <laughs> and and I thought I can run a half marathon I could if I can run a marathon I can run a half marathon it's not as much um you know pressure on my toe and yeah so I started that journey and that was kind of yeah that was really that was probably even harder than the marathon to be honest I was a little bit naive going into that and um really struggled with cycling because I think when I first started training, I had like this old bike that couldn't even change gears. So I had to, I ended up just buying a road bike and did it on a road bike, the first one. And yeah, that was that was amazing as well. But I did that, I think I was probably perimenopausal when I did the first one. And I found it reasonably, not easy, but looking back now, like I, I did it without a proper coach or just kind of just fluffing around by myself just trying to get to the distances I think and and that was another emotional event as well emotional time as well because again I'm just thinking what have I been doing the last 30 years I've I've, I could have been doing all of these things but I stopped myself because I just I don't know and uh, that's kind of one of the good things I think about menopause is I don't know I don't know whether it's age or menopause or our you know nurturing hormones disappearing but it, it it gives you a, I don't know another whole way of thinking where you don't really care what people think and what you look like and <laughs> and I think that <clears throat> excuse me, that has helped really um, allow me to step out of my comfort zone and try things that I might fail at or I might look stupid at or I might come last at. I mean, I don't even care if I come last now. I just think someone has to come last I mean at least, some, at least we're out doing it,
0: and you're the people's <laughs> champion when you're last. Everyone loves last. Exactly, place. I mean,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I, I, to to yeah, that was a huge thing that I've overcome. Like, I, I suppose because I was such a mediocre athlete, I, and I was a perfectionist, so I didn't do a lot of things because unless I was unless I could excel at them which means that I didn't really do very much in my life because I you know I'm, I'm kind of average at every, everything but you know what? it's so much better being average and doing it than not doing it at all <laughs> than being a perfectionist and doing you know hardly anything
0: so then you went on and did two more
1: yes so yeah. I, I wasn't I, that wasn't ever the intention to be honest I was only ever going to do one uh, I'm just a one person th- one you know one event person <laughs> And I decided to start training for the full Ironman, but that happened basically at the same time that my, uh, my last period. So I I basically decided and ended up contacting um, Stuart, my coach, and that was the time I got my last period. And then it was just a disaster. Like I, I just can't believe the difference that. I don't, and, I, and I'm sure it didn't happen overnight, but this is what well, it felt like. Well, it feels
0: like. that <laughs> way. So ta- I think talk you talked that.
1: a bit like that as well. Because... I never believed
0: anybody. I heard that so many times, and I'd be yeah. like, "Nothing happens overnight." And then, I like literally one day, I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, I, yeah. I, it, it really did feel like a light switch. I'm like, "I'm so sorry to everybody I ever doubted," because <laughs> it really does yeah. feel that way. So talk, of, talk about what happened, like what that, what, what you felt. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was just completely different. I thought I thought I'd have a similar experience to when I started training for the marathon and, and half iron man, but I was like putting on weight like crazy. Whereas, you know, every time I was trained for an endurance man, I'd just like the weight would just drop off. Even in perimenopause, the weight would just drop off. I was like, I couldn't even eat as much eat, eat enough to keep mm-hmm. my weight up. I was thinner than ever before, slimmer than ever before, and muscular as well. So I I think as you like you, I was had a very fairly, fairly muscular, natural build. And then when I do endurance events, it just stripped the body fat off. So I would look even more muscular, you know, I'd look actually more muscular because it was showing my muscles. And this time I was, yeah, putting on weight. I felt like weekly, I was just terrible. It was so depressing. Here I am training more than I'd ever trained before in my life. And I was putting on weight, losing muscle mass, and I was feeling just exhausted that like I I basically felt like I was in an overtrained state all the time I think and um yeah it was just it was just a terrible it was such a confusing and terrible time and I, I I kind of I suppose naively thought that um that the perimenopause was when you had all the issues so I had symptoms in perimenopause but it didn't really seem to affect my um body composition and my training as much as when my flat my hormones actually completely flatlined.
0: I had the exact that same makes experience. sense. Yeah. yeah. No, mine was exact one. I'm like, oh maybe I'll miss it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> what, I mean I, I knew I had symptoms and you know yeah, I, wasn't had some, I
0: had some hot flashes and night sweats and stuff. Yeah. the other stuff and, and and that, too that wasn't easy. Later. But yeah, but yeah. the
1: the yeah so it was terrible and I just I felt like I couldn't get out of bed and it was just terrible. So I've had to and then I discovered then luckily I discovered um, Dr. Stacey Sims and you and I read RAW and I started to go, okay, like I think there's a way around this because I'd i basically almost decided to give up. I just thought, I just I can't do this. It's just as I, I don't even know how, how I old can do were it. You? Uh around 50 I suppose when I started yeah I think I was I got my last period when I was 51 so I kind of played around with the idea of of doing that um, full Ironman when I was 50 and then really made the decision at 51 and yeah it was just not very good (laughs) and I almost gave up and then my kids are going mum you can't give up and I'm going oh my god I'm a role model for my children I can't give up and I started going through the route of going to lots of doctors and trying to get answers. And that in itself was another absolute nightmare. And I think you've just posted, I haven't read it yet, but you posted something on Instagram through the first year menopause about doctors, not being aware of um, menopause. It's issues. shocking.
0: It is shocking Yeah, because there's no specialty. Like that's what nice. it sort of is coming down to, right? Like yeah. doctors are so specialized. Even like most women, their primary care doc is their OB/GYN, and even them, even the 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 OB gynecologists are not. They're not all trained in menopause. Like they, you know, nice. they deliver your babies or or whatever, but they. It and so it just slips through. Like when I talked to the cardiologist the other week, you know, she's like. don't talk about it and i'm like how can Mm. how is that possible i know i mean how is it possible possible? when
1: every single woman who lives old enough is going to go through menopause and be in a post-menopause state for the rest of their life how can like that's a that's a long doctor should
0: be talking about it because those (laughs) hormones affect (laughs) everything
1: (laughs) exactly and and they affect everyone like it's not just the women it's everyone around them it's like uh, it's just devastating and so I would. I went. Yeah, went through. I don't know how many doctors and and there's also. I also think that. What
0: did you the, say? And what would they say to you?
1: Oh, I was just going. I'm just. I'm feeling terrible. I. You know. And so I was offered. Um, I don't know how many times I've been offered antidepressants, oh, and I'm, I'm going. I just, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm exhausted. Like it's like kind of when you have a. You know when you first have a newborn. I had a baby that my daughter didn't sleep for three years. Well, she's had <laughs> such my life, but. Um, it's like sleep, de- you know, it's a sleep deprivation mm. as well. And I go, I'm not depressed. I I don't, you know, and to be strong, I feel sorry for some women because I think I'm a strong enough person to go and aware enough about my body and, the, you know, what's going on. And, and, and I try to read a lot as well. So I was strong enough to say, no, I'm not taking antidepressants. And then another doctor wanted to do, like I went through a stage where I had really heavy bleeding, which basically was just before, uh, my period stopped and one doctor wanted to do a hysterectomy because of that and i i don't know i just wow. I, I know and this this is a man who's a um he's he's a qualified you know um, yeah a female qualified doctor anyway it, there's just it was just think time after time finally i have found a really good doctor now which is great and then people wouldn't do just going on from that um I'm trying to be really proactive with my health and people wouldn't do a bone density scan. And I finally found a doctor who would, and we have to pay for it here. It's not like it's free. So they wouldn't even refer me to a bone density scan or getting a vitamin D tests and things like that. So hmm. I don't know, it was just a, it was a really confusing and hard time. And I think I, I worry about other women as well because they're even less informed than me and they're going there trusting their doctor and, getting really bad information some of the time I'm not saying all doctors are like that because I have found a fabulous one now who's right, very proactive but you have to be an advocate to, look
0: I mean you have to be
1: yeah mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing that I have learned over this journey is that you really need to do, take responsibility for your own health and if you're not getting the answers that you know if something doesn't seem right you need to go and ha- find someone else to and and keep asking and, and until you get the actual answers that you're looking for
0: have you had any um cardiovascular symptoms at all being with no I'm really lucky though I've
1: been I've been in some i am been in some tests through some of the heart um organizations here so I'm pretty proactive with my um yeah with my heart health so yeah so and that's kind of I suppose why I've led the healthier lifestyle that I that I have my father wasn't unhealthy as such but yeah um obviously I have a you know much higher um um predisposition to heart disease and and then once you go through menopause, then your risk goes up even more so yeah so i'm so much more conscious about that and just keep it and i think it's really important just to keep up with your checks and things like that as well sorry we've probably so th- gone completely off topic here i can't even oh no this is 100 on topic
0: <laughs> so, so i'm wondering like we're still in the tunnel. Like how did you get yourself through the tunnel? Oh, did yeah. You-
1: so yes, to the for the Ironman and things. Yeah, and everything. Uh yeah, so I read RAW and then I was so you have no idea how so excited I was when um the menopause for athletes course <laughs> came up. I was like, I was like straight on there. No, I actually no I wasn't, I wasn't because. Going back to the not thinking that I was an athlete, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was called Menopause for Athletes. And I thought, I'm not an athlete. So I actually, I think I even sent a message and said, uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I, I do lots of exercise, but I'm not really an athlete. Would this be suitable for me? So, yeah, it was that was kind of, I find that really funny that I, that was a big hesitation. So I never almost didn't almost even sign up for the course. So yeah, I did the course and yeah, it's just been life changing for me and finding you as well in the hit play, not pause podcast. I just, every time, every week one comes out, I'm, I'm straight onto it and I've learned so much through your guests and yeah, it's been
0: just life changing for me. What did you find help, most helpful through this Rocky transition?
1: Yeah, uh, I just, to, to be honest, I think just becoming aware about how our body changes and how our hormones change and how they affect everything. Because I think, and i found this myself with a lot of people I train, people don't even realise they are in perimenopause. And I think a lot, and because of, this is something I'm trying, and which is the same as you, this is where my passion has come, is that. Because it's such a taboo subject, and people think that when you go into menopause, you are kind of old. People don't want to go into menopause, and they don't want to accept that they're in perimenopause. <laughs> and I've trained a lot of women, and they—they're going. They'll tell me that they're exhausted, they can't get out of bed, and they're not motivated, and they're lazy, and they're putting on weight, and. You know, and they're blaming themselves. Whereas there's a kind of there's a biological reason why these things are happening. And if we're more aware of it, then we can um, implement strategies to help ourselves and you know make this time actually not so horrendous. And I think that's the to, to be honest, out of everything, I think that's the main thing that I've learned is that becoming more aware and understanding what's happening, and then realizing that we might make, need to make some changes to our diet and or some tweaks and add some more strength training and plyometrics and all the things that you guys talk about and they will help um you know they might not make you know we might not look exactly the same as we did when we were 40 but we can we can maximize and and maximize our um, body compositions and things like that in menopause so it's not all doom and gloom if that makes
0: 100%, sense 100% that's why we're here
1: yeah, so that's kind of. Uh, you and I think you're pushing
0: of, tractor tires, right? That's
1: <laughs> oh, i have thrown throwing some little tires. Yeah. Okay. Um, um So I think that's the main thing. I mean, I can go on forever about all the things that I've learned through through um, feisty menopause and the menopause for athletes course, but I think that's the main thing is that becoming more aware about what's going on and and the strategies that we can implement to to help ourselves has just been it's been life changing. And, and it's given me it's. Allowed me to take back control again because that's what I felt. I felt I had lost control of my body and that it, it was just, you know, I considered myself a really healthy, fit and healthy person um before menopause. And I kind of naively thought that it wouldn't affect me. <laughs> oh, I did too. I did too. <laughs> I thought that won't happen to me.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I've <I'm> <laughs> been healthy. I've been <laughs> healthy. That won't happen to me. But uh there's a few things actually that I previously I I I think I exercised, you know, quite well and ate quite healthily, like balanced, not not extreme, but quite healthily. But I neglected my sleep and stress management. And that I think was where all of my problems really um really started when perimenopause and then postmenopause hit because I yeah, because your know, sleep's disrupted anyway. And with menopause symptoms, so I exasperated all the issues that I already had and made them even more worse. And yeah, that was that was that was a huge wake-up call for me. So I had basically spent my entire adult life living on under six, probably under five, if I have to be honest, hours sleep night. And I kind of I kind of I I I kind of I worked in like a corporate environment for 20 years. And it was kind of like um you know, you were kind of rewarded and and for that kind of behavior, being able to look, like, I could work, I could work three days without hardly any sleep a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it was kind of like a badge of honor to be able to not sleep. I mean, it's, it's stupidly some people still think that you don't need that much sleep, but you do. You do you need it to recover your brain and your body, and especially once you start training
0: things. for stuff like an like yeah, any kind of endurance. You I need. know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, so that was a huge wake up call for me. So now I have basically done a huge turnaround. And I'm not saying that sleep, I've got it completely down pat, but now I have my average, I think for the last year has been seven and a half hours sleep, which is a huge. That's
0: good. No, that's good. It's good. It's It's good for me.
1: Like, I think like when you've talked also about um, someone saying about going camping. So usually I go camping um, a lot of the summer and by the end of my camping trips, my sleep's around naturally around seven and a half, seven to seven, seven and a half hour sleep. So I kind of, that's, and, that, and that's exercising all day. So I figured that that's kind of my,
0: that's kind of. My, that's your place. I mean, that's what that's Sophie, my place. Who, yeah. who, who was the woman, Sophie Bostock you're talking about, who's on the show. And I liked that she said that she's like, you, you you can find your own, you know, you hear the seven to nine, that yeah. does not mean you need eight, like not everybody needs eight. No. So don't get crazy about that. Like, yeah, if you, like if you if you feel good when you wake up, and you know, you it then seven, seven and a half hours might be good for you. And, and definitely the camping is great for your circadian rhythm. So if you're in yeah. that rhythm, and you're feeling good, then the, it's not about like hitting a magic number. I mean, you're definitely in a, you're definitely in that healthy zone you know with yeah that, anyway yeah
1: I mean I'm not saying I can't improve and I can because I'm a little bit bad I go to bed too late but I've I ended up uh cutting out my morning training sessions my morning um work training sessions uh, but I did that actually in perimenopause not realizing that um it was perimenopause I think so I I ended up giving up my morning training sessions because I was so exhausted and not coping with things but now I look back and go, it was because I wasn't. It was because of all the menopause issues, and it was making my sleep even worse than normal, and I wasn't yeah. coping. So, um, yeah. So now I kind of, pro, I just prioritize my sleep, and I do things like I use tart cherry juice, which I found really good. I I find that, like. I don't want to be skeptical, but it seems No, weird. It seems ridiculous.
0: I know. When I first heard it, I'm like, okay, Stacey, I'm like, I'm all with you. You know that. But I just, I'm, not, I'm not sure am buying this.
1: I, I know. I tell yeah. people about this and they look at me like, are you crazy? I got, It has to be tart cherry juice as well. It can't be just cherry juice. It has mm-hmm. to be tart cherry juice. And that's really helped. And I, bizarrely enough, I, sometimes I get a little bit lazy and um, blasé about things. And I think, no, I don't think I need any of that now. I, I think I'm fine. And then... I didn't use it a couple of days this week and I had the I had two bad nights' sleep and
0: I just think yeah, okay, I get back to the touch surgery. <laughs> it does help. There's actually research behind it. Yeah, I what, know. What I do know. you do with the stress? Have you? I mean, I, I think I saw you meditate perhaps. Uh
1: yes, yes. I started meditation. I've been playing around with meditation for the last, I don't know, few years. I kind of I love the idea of it. And I I used to sit there going, I don't know, this, this, is, this is doing nothing. This is doing nothing. <laughs> um that I've really persisted and I, I use like a couple of apps where there's some short guided meditations. And I kind of down, I, I remove my perfectionist kind of attitude as well with that. And I thought I don't need to do it for an hour. Even if I do it, I, I have this thing where even if I do a one or two-minute meditation every day or twice a day, then that's better than nothing. So that's been really helpful for me because I I suppose I went into it thinking I have to sit there and om um, for an hour every day to get the benefits, but I really don't think you do. I think it's just a matter of learning how to quiet your mind, and then in stressful situations, then I can use those strategies that I learn in the guided meditations as well, just to calm myself down. Yeah, that has been super helpful, and I, I try to do that, particularly of a night before I go to go to sleep, because I, I don't know about you, but I have this mind that's got
0: new things going
1: good. on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I really a lot of to, women do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's kind of a thing, isn't it? I have to really calm myself and it and it does help. And it doesn't you don't need to do it for hours and hours to get the benefits, I don't think. Oh um, no, no, no. Yeah. And and Sophie yeah. said that
0: too. She's like, it's just doing it even little bits. And um Carol Krukoff talked about that too, the yoga therapist, that even just those little spots in the day it's really just giving your brain the signal that it is okay not to think about anything <laughs> like it's actually okay you know and then when it comes time to sleep your brain's like oh we're in that mode okay yeah. like, that's cool you know i mean it's yeah you don't have to work up to like 20 minutes of whatever you know i mean that's yeah i, I, that, that's I mean the sometimes i do. sometimes i do yeah exactly sometimes yeah. i do
1: if i've got time and and i'm feeling like it then i do actually i use meditation for the first time before I did um, just the half Iron Man the other week. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So,
0: to calm the race it, nerves, was that like?
1: Yeah. Just to, I don't know, there's, there's this um, app called Breathe that one of the ones that I've been using recently. And they have a couple of um, sports kind of meditations in there. And it was about visualizing um the mm. success of the race I am strong. and I, I'm
0: people I'm going to yeah. be swimming like a and
1: I think fish. I, yeah well, <laughs> I can't I can't remember what it was. I, I read it in an Instagram post but there were these three statements and I use that because I'm as I said I'm a terrible cyclist. So I use that the whole cycling layer going I am I am strong, I am capable, I am prepared. I think
0: that was it. And I'm, so that yes, that's a, such a great mantra. I've done that all the time.
1: <laughs> So that yes. was in that meditation, and then I used that the next day. I found I thought that was really good for me because um, I, you know, I've I've only done three half Ironmans, so they're kind of my, you know, and the marathon now. So. I haven't done that many events. I still get really nervous and things beforehand.
0: Sister, I get, I almost vomit before every race for the past 20 years. I know that those those nerves. It doesn't get get better. It does not. It does not ever go away. I just like, now I just visualize it as potential energy. I'm like, just harness the butterflies. It just means you're ready to go. Like I just And honestly, the more miserable I am, it seems like the more ready I am to go. Like some of my best events have been after just drowning and misery my poor husband he's <laughs> just like you're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny yeah. so when is the iron man
1: uh it's eight weeks Ooh. away the full oh iron wow man. we're there I know. We're close. I know it's terrifying i'm like i it's still every day i think how am i ever ever going to do that i mean
0: you will stop
1: it's, dub- it's double the distance don't, th- I don't think about
0: that <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> take, race the mile you're in, just take it. I know. You know, and you, it's all just putting in the work and you're putting in the work. Yeah. I mean, it really I, I, I mean, I know,
1: do you know what? I know I can do the, di- I do know I can do the distance. It's just the time thing. So if they could just keep the course open all night, I would be completely fine. I would just, I just potter in the next morning. <laughs> and go, Hi, I'm here. It's whether I can get through the cycling legs, the issues. So trying to get through the cycling cutoff is my, um, is my biggest issues so i'm just hoping i can just get a bit stronger before then and and have a good day and it not be too windy it's going to be i think it will be windy it's always windy there but yeah where is it uh Cairns. it's so uh, in the northern australia so yeah in the tropics um so there's a bit of a uh, it won't be it's in winter there so it won't be too hot but it's going to be a little bit more humid than here because we'll be in our winter and yeah so there's a few issues but anyway hopefully i can get there i'm i've done a lot of preparation it's like been this which started out to be a nine month journey before the full Ironman because of my menopause issues. And then COVID, it's turned out to be a two year journey. So I I really, I just want to do it because it's like, that's probably the biggest thing I've ever, like two years of, I think I've had maybe one week off in the last two years. Um, So I really hope I can do it because it'll be just amazing. But do you know what? Even I think just even getting to the start line of this is, and I think I've said this before, that even is a success to me. Like that that means I'm a winner because I'm going to start getting cheery again. Because okay. I've never um, I've never been able to push myself, you know, and and commit to something like this for so long, still with the chance that I might not get there if that makes sense so still with mm-hmm. the chance that I, I might not I, I might not get through the cycling but if I get to the start line and committed to this training and then being prepared to actually still even fail if things don't go well um, I think that's just yeah that's kind of I, I still feel like I'm a winner even if I yeah even if that's I. that's amazing no, yeah
0: I, I, I like that attitude and
1: it's it's yeah it's something I've never been able to do before in my life so uh, and I, that's, I suppose, and I th- I've met so many other women through social media and just generally that kind of feel the same that um, that don't consider them ath- themselves athletes and don't think that they're capable of things when we're so much more capable of achieving so much more than what you can ever imagine just by just by trying and just by doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I. I. I love the. And that's why we are on this call. I mean, I just feel, I think I'm going to call this show like mental positivity or something. <laughs> I don't know, like, it's just like, it's, it's just, it's just such a great, it's such a great attitude. And it's so, I, I, I wish I could bottle this and give this to so many women who are struggling in that space. Um, you know, I, I remember like I turned, when I turned 50, I was on a ride and I, uh, I suddenly just felt invisible and it was the weirdest sensation I've ever had in my life. Like I, you know, I've always been very bold and all that stuff. And like, I just had this, it was just washed over me. Like all these feelings of like maybe being irrelevant or maybe being done, you know? And it was really hard. It was really hard. And and I'm through that and and I I just I always that's part of the reason for the show like I want to make sure that people hear like no matter how you're feeling right now you're just in the tunnel right like yeah. and sometimes the tunnel is dark and sometimes it feels interminable but there is light at the end of the tunnel you just have to uh, keep going
1: I totally agree like I just think back and think I'm so glad that I didn't give up on on this dream for example because I could have so easily. And then I think I would have, I mean, I would have, I still would have been active, but I just would have always gone, oh, I wish I had done that, but I couldn't because of menopause. But you can, like, it's just a matter of finding a way forward, if that makes sense. And, and I think there is a light at the tunnel because now, I suppose, how, is, how old am I now? 50, 51. 53. So it's nearly two years since my last period. And I feel like my hormones have just finally started to settle and mm-hmm. I, I feeling so I, I feel like I feel better than I've ever felt before in my life to be honest and I don't want people you know I want other women to realize that that you know that there is a lot at the end of the tunnel and I haven't and I'm not saying that I'm not anti-hormone um, treatment at all because if Everyone has yeah, different background same, and different, mm-hmm. yeah, different background and different by um, different genetics and things like that. But um, I suppose I've tried to view all my menopause symptoms as my body telling me that I need to make some changes to my lifestyle because it's trying to get back in balance and it needs mm-hmm. me to do something to help it get mm-hmm. back in balance. If that makes sense.
0: Yep.
1: And um, so I, I am I am healthier than I was beforehand because I now um, sleep a lot more and. I look after my body. I'm kinder to myself, and um, and I manage stress much better. So I, I feel like I've all the pieces of my health puzzle have kind of come together because of this crazy thing called menopause that <laughs> threw my life upside down, and <laughs> and I've come out the other end, um, just. I, yeah, feel healthier. I'm doing things that I never, ever in my life imagined that I could ever achieve, and I just want that for other women as well. I want them to realize that it's not an end; uh, it's just kind of this new whole beginning of our life, and it can be just amazing. Yeah.
0: That's that is. I'm starting incredible. to cry again. No, it's great. <laughs> I've,
1: I've, spent, I've spent the whole. I've spent the whole podcast crying. It's just, <laughs>
0: You're just glowing too. Like, but I I I wanna I wanna make sure before we before we go and I let you go that we talk a bit about that body image piece that you sort of alluded to. Um both of us have had, like as you mentioned, I had a terrible eating disorder in college that sort of threw me a kilter. And I have always been a um a larger muscular girl too and when i was young i was just one of the biggest kids in the class forever, right and it's just i think all that stuff sort of stays with you and um you know you you, you posted a picture of yourself around your 47th birthday very muscular all that stuff and and talking about how you weren't sure you were going to look that way again and you know i'll let you t- you tell it but it I think we all have to deal with that, right? Like the, the, it, your body composition definitely changes. There are things that you can do for sure to optimize it, but it may never look the same. And like, you have to get to a place of peace with that. And like, I am just finally starting to be like, yeah, you know, this is all right. And, but it, I think that's a process in and of itself.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like I, I look back at that picture and like, I, I think, oh, I'm so glad I took that picture now because it was, you know, I've got this that to show that you know I was this like muscular fit, healthy woman but on the other hand there are times in my life where I have also looked at that time I, was, I think I was you know I, I was definitely fit and healthy I, I, that was like kind of the prime of my life I feel like but there's other times in my life where I have looked really healthy and fit and you know people have commented on my physique but I wasn't healthy at all I was like totally. I was. I was yeah. extreme on, and and not healthy. That's not healthy totally. being extreme. No, no,
0: exactly. What you mean. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and so I look at that photo and I appreciate it, but then I also appreciate that we are changing. It did take me a while as well. I I started going, oh, how can I be training people and saying that that you can um, mitigate the menopausal issues when I'm really, when my body's changing, when my body is changing still, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it and
1: makes sense. <laughs> so I, it took me a while to get over that, but I, I think I'm there now finally. Um, and maybe it's because my hormones have settled and I've, I've become a bit clearer in my mind about about what's important in life. I don't know. And and I, I remember looking at uh, the half I mean, I did, a year ago, when I was uh, when I was in really, I was it was quite still quite struggle mode with my menopausal issues and things. And I saw this like you know, you know when you're running and your foot hits the ground and there's just this like scrunched up, wrinkly old skin. And I thought, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> is that what I look like now? Is this what things have come to? And uh, but I looked at those photos again this year and I thought, you know what. I don't care. I, I like that. I'm I am aging, uh, and I'm accepting it. But I'm out there doing these events mm-hmm. and m- being active, and it's not stopping me. I mean, I, and, and I look, you know, I, I mean, realistically, how we look is really incomparable to what we can do. I, I want my body to be able to hike up mountains and do these events and things like that. I, and how I look is really not that important in the scheme of things, I I think. And it's more of a, you know, the way our body looks now is more, for me, a byproduct of my healthy lifestyle, not Mm -hmm. the goal.
0: And we are always our worst critics, right? Like, it doesn't matter. I I think Amanda thieves might have um, posted something about this. Like, there's this phenomenon where, like, when you were, It could be any age. When you were 20, you thought, my God, you looked whatever. And then you look back at pictures (laughs) and you're like, you didn't, you looked great. Yeah, yeah, And like, I think the same thing happens like every decade, like you'll, you'll be 85 and you'll look back at 75 and be like, I looked amazing. Like, like, you know, it's just, I tell people that
1: all the time. That's something I tell people, I go, I go, do you not complain about the way you look now? You look back and go, I looked absolutely fantastic then. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just... I'm just happy to be, I mean, as as I said, because my dad died when he was 47, now every year and every day I live, I'm just really happy that I'm able to do all of these things and obviously it it, it sounds a little bit contradictory and, you know, maybe I'll be, (laughs) people, I'll get some comments on Instagram about this But uh, and I do post my nicer pictures. But, of course, as if I'm going to post, if I've got two photos, obviously I'm going to post the one that looks the worst. (laughs) I'm not going to. I'm going to put the post of the one that's the most attractive because sadly. Everybody
0: does it's Instagram.
1: <laughs> and, and and sadly that's because that's the bit ones that get the most likes. But um but um I also hope that I'm showing, you know, the real me. And I posted that photo of um from my um Half eye Man the other day and um I don't know. This wasn't my most attractive photo, and there's like this. I was looking at people actually in the triathlon. I'm running along, thinking, I don't look like that. They're covered in sweat and got you know those salt marks all over them. I thought, oh, I don't look like that. I looked down. I thought, oh my god, I look worse than all of those people. (laughs) It's a great picture though. It's it's like that. I'm really proud of it now. I just think, oh my god, here I am. I don't care. You know, so much about what I look like. I am. I. I just felt the emotion in that photo, for example. And they're the things that are important to me now. Not that, not exactly the way I look like. You'll laugh at. The, you'll die about this because like, so I'm a fairly girly girl, kind of girl. The very first half Ironman I did, I had makeup on when I started. I don't know what I thought was going to happen to it in this in the in the ocean. <laughs> 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 obviously, obviously, it was all gone in thirty minutes, but. <laughs> anyway I've, I've moved on from that and, and that's another i think it's a really other great part of menopause and aging is that you really care less about what you look like overall um and more it's just more important to live your life
0: right you're living through your body not for it
1: I yeah often, yeah
0: I. yeah well thank you so much for sharing your journey i just feel like you you sort of epitomize the hit play, not pause ethos. And I've, I've wanted to connect. So I'm really grateful for you for being here.
1: Thanks, Celine. Uh, I I just love what you are doing. It's just so, uh, it's just so needed. And I I mean, you can see by the people that are involved in, you know, the membership groups and the uh, Facebook group and Instagram and things like that, but um, how appreciative we all are and, I don't know, l- like you, this is kind of like I feel like I've finally found my passion in life that um, I can actually really help and connect with other people and you yeah, know this and, and help make help make this time like this wonderful time of life and not yeah, not a, not an end. It's just a start.
0: Okay, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with A mystery guest. Seriously, it won't be a mystery next week, of course. But right now, because I have three great guests on tap for interviews, including a physiotherapist, a sports dietitian, and a badass track cyclist, well, I'll just bring you the one that we get ready to rock first. Tune in next week to see what we've got in store. Until then, as always, stay feisty.